السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام عليك بسم الله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن وآله الحمد لله الحمد لله الحمد لله There's nothing we can do except show gratitude to our Lord and to praise Him for blessing us to be from the Ummah of the best of creation sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam and the more that we come to understand the great station of our Prophet with his Lord the more that we should increase in reverence and respect in love and attachment and be close to him and it is in being close to him is that we prepare ourselves to be able to receive from the bounty of our Lord and we learn here in the first part of this Mawlid Lines that we recite every week But the purpose is not just to recite them Although it's perfectly fine to recite them With a melodious voice So that it can move and stir The great emotions of love and the heart But also it's so that we can have tahakkuk And that we can realize its meanings Just as the scholars mentioned Is that all of the blessed prophetic supplications That we recite in the morning and the evening Among them and one of the most important is that we repeat three times Even if we're not at that state where we truly have the higher degrees of contentment To have Allah as our Lord, Islam as our religion and our Prophet As our Prophet and Messenger Is that by repeating it every single day In the morning and in the evening We hope that we move up in the degrees of contentment Until we reach its higher levels before we return to Allah Ta'ala. Likewise, is that whenever we repeat anything, this is one of the intentions that we make. Every time that we utter those blessed words that are filled and coated with light, is that it move to a higher degree of tahakkuk, of realization of those blessed words. And so that we have in the very first chapter, that the state of believers, halil muhibbina kadha, that Sayyidul Habi Omar says, halil muhibbina kadha, the state of the lovers is as such. That is the state of the lovers. And what is this in reference to? The few lines that precede it. Is that he says by saying, swearing an oath by Allah, wallah. And he wouldn't swear an oath by Allah unless he wanted to emphasize something. The people of Allah don't use the word wallah, 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 just for any reason. Is that they use it for its proper use which is to emphasize the reality of the meaning at hand so that people know the meaning that is being that uttered is something of great importance. Wallahi ma dhukir al-habib is that the beloved is not mentioned ladal muhib in the presence of the lover illa save that or accept and then he's going to mention a number of things. Wa walihan nashwana is that this person becomes that Filled with, literally you could probably say bewildered with love. Walihan neshwana. And then he poses a question about that, is this truly our state or not? There's a way for us to know. Aynan muhibbun. Where are the true lovers? And then he's going to describe them. Alladheena alayhimu badlun nufusi ma'an nafaithi hana. They are willing to sacrifice their souls. Their souls And everything that is precious to them It's easy for them to give out It's trivial They find it And they do so without any difficulty And hardship 
And this is the way of the true believers. Is that لَأَسْتَسْهِلَنَّ السَّعْبَ أَوْ أُدْرِكَ الْمُنَا فَمَنْ قَادَتِ الْأَعْمَالَ إِلَّا لِصَابِرِي I will continue to make difficult things easy until that I reach my desire. This is the himma of the muhib. Is that any obstacle that's in their way, that he or she is ready to overcome that obstacle. Any hindrance, any that thing that is trying to prevent them from attaining what it is that they want, anything that is difficult, is that if we rely upon our Lord Jalla Jalalu, and we rely upon His Qudra and His power and not our power, is that He can make it easy for us, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the affair of the believer. Every time you come to something difficult in your life, seek to make that difficult thing easy through reliance upon Allah Ta'ala in pure trust in the power of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and asking Him to give Him from His power in to assist you in whatever it is that you are doing. And so they're ready to sacrifice their souls and everything that is precious to them. And then there's also a way of telling is that inwardly, how are they? When Taha al-Mustafa, when the Prophet Muhammad is mentioned to them, they do not hear the mentioning of Taha al-Mustafa except the intashu wa is that their hearts come, they're enlivened, is that they're rejuvenated, and is that that state of that hardness goes. The rust that's on their heart becomes polished. And it is removed. And then it goes to the deeper level of their being. Is that their souls stir in longing for the meeting. And not only are they stirred in longing, tahin. And this is one of the most beautiful Arabic languages. It's probably best translated as yearning. So it's not just a longing, but it's a longing with a yearning. That it's a type of longing, but it's a deeper type of longing. There's a yearning involved in it. And these are people who, what are they asking for? That they're asking for Allah Ta'ala's rida. They're asking for His contentment. They're asking for His ridwan. They're asking for Allah Ta'ala to be pleased with them. This is the state of the lovers. This is how they are. Their states are as such that this is what we want to actualize in our own hearts. And alhamdulillah, the favor and the blessing of Allah Taala upon us is immense. And we have in these past days that experience that some of the beauty of what it means to sit before the true people of Allah Taala, whose hearts are attached to Allah and to His Messenger and the great inheritors. And that we're reminded that at these times, that at the loss of them. And the reality is that we don't lose them. Even if they're not present, they are present. And that relationships that begin with these type of people only have a beginning and never have an ending. Even if they're not physically present and the bodies are not together. Is that the reality of what happens when the heart is attached to these people and to the other great inheritors of our Prophet ﷺ is that the reality of that love continues and it goes on and it will forever remain connected not only here in this world but in the Barzakh and Yom Qiyamah. And that when you spend time with these people and you start to just scratch the surface of the sweetness of their suhbah 
and their companionship, you start to realize is that there is a reason why that our teacher said, مُصَاحَبَةُ الرِّجَالِ ذَوِي الْوَفَاءِ نَعِيمُ الْخُلْدِ في دار الْفَنَاءِ The companionship of the great men, the people of wafa, of loyalty or fulfillment, it is eternal bliss brought forth in the perishing world. نَعِيمُ الْخُلْدِ It is that bliss brought forth from paradise here in this world. So that we can that start to think about what it might be like to be with these people in this world. Being with the true people of Allah in this world, if it's that sweet. If you forget everything else, you forget your job, sometimes you forget your family, you forget everything that is happening around you. You forget your health complications, you forget everything that you're stressed out about. And you're only focused on the beauty and the blessing of the moment as a result of the presence of these hearts that are magnetic in nature and take you to that something that we were created to experience here on earth and in the Barzakh, but in its most pure forms in the next world. Because in the next world it is not tainted by any worldly stress or anxiety or anything that will remove us from that state. It remains and it goes on and rather it increases. And every time you come back together, it is even more pleasurable and it is even sweeter. And it goes on for that until eternity. And that you're left after the departure of these people. We're not going to say they left us. But their departure, and inshallah they are still present with us, is that with the words of Imam al-Haddad, هَوَاكُمْ بِقَلْبِ وَالْفُعَادِ مُقِيمُ The love of you in my heart, and in my soul is mukim. It will forever reside. Washoki ilaykum mukidun wa mukimu. Ajib. And that my longing for you is mukid. Literally, mukid is that it incapacitates me. You could almost even say it paralyzes me. Someone who's mukid is someone who can't get up. Right? They need to be in a wheelchair. And that. There were people, they mentioned, it was one of the descriptions of the Sahaba of the Rasul Some of them were so taken by the Prophet's passing is that they were unable to move. They couldn't stand up. And he's saying is that my longing for these people has paralyzed me. It has kept me that down. And again, that it is residing in my heart. وَأَنْتُمْ لِيُرُوحِ رَوْخُهَا وَنَعِمُهَا And you are, oh these great people that we love, for my spirit. It's that repose and it's bliss. فَيَا حَبَّذَا رَوْحُ النَّهَا وَنَعِمُهُ And what a blessed repose and bliss this is. إِذَا مَا دَنَوْتُمْ فَالْحَيَاتُ لَذِيذَتُمْ Is that when you are close to me, is that life is sweet. And that life just seems to be good. And time just passes by holy. Everything seems to be fine. And oh, you beloved Sada, is that whenever you are distant and that you are not close to me, is that my heart and my physical body is confused and sick. وَأَحْسَنُ عَيْشًا لَيْسَ فِيهِ وُجُودُكُمْ وَإِنْ كَانَ مُلْكَ الْأَرْضِ فِيهِ فَهْوَ ذَمِيمُ 
And he said, is that without your presence, were you to give me the very best of life, and were I to own everything on earth, in reality it would mean nothing. If it wasn't with you, if you weren't present, I could, in other words, have everything on earth, own everything on earth. But to me, it wouldn't mean anything. Is it if you weren't present? And all happiness and every joy without you being in my life and present with me. Is that in reality it's only going to bring anxiety and grief? فَمُنُّ وُجُودُ بِالْلِقَاءِ وَتَعْطَفُ وَعُودُ فَإِنِّي فَاقِدُونَ وَعَدِيمُ And then it's a play, it's a we're a pleading to them. Is that we're asking you to grace us and to bless us with your presence, yani that we meet you and that have compassion towards us in return, because without you is that we're at loss. And feel as if we are non-existent, and so this is what we'd like to say in reminding ourselves of these great people that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has blessed us to see, and may Allah Taala preserve all of these blessed moments, and may they return to us, and that we truly hope is that it really is just the beginning of that something that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that has opened the doors for us to experience, and may Allah Taala bless us with the tamam of ni'mah. Here in this world and in the Akhirah, in this world with that more and more that visits and more and more companionship, and in the next world that insha'Allah and entering into the highest levels of paradise with them. If we want to continue on very briefly in our study of Futuwa, this is that one of the great things that we can spend our time reflecting upon, and that we can spend our time that really trying to actualize within ourselves. And as we previously mentioned, some of the ulama have said, is that at-tahakkuk bil futuwa, realizing the great station of futuwa, chivalry, is a prerequisite for wilaya. Some of them said it's a prerequisite to be donned with sainthood by Allah Jalla Jalalu. In other words, is that there's something that you have to do in a way that you have to be before that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will grant you this great station. And that we've reached the that next statement of Imam Sulaimi that states, "Women al-futuwati tarku talabi atarat al-ikhwan." It is from futuwa to not find fault with your friends, and that literally that he says here the atarat, the atarat atara yaqsuru is to slip up. It's a zalla. It's a sakta. It's to be walking and it's to trip. It's to make a mistake. And that you say in Arabic, أَقَالَ اللَّهُ أَثْرَتَهُ أَيْ صَفَحَ عَنْهُ Is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, that forgave that his faults and overlooked his mistakes or his mishaps. In other words, that he pardoned him subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's one of the du'as that we recite. Al-aqil atharatina, aqil atharatina, ya Rabb. Is it because all of us are going to slip, we're going to trip, we're going to stumble, we're going to make mistakes. And that it is from futuwa, it is only a chivalrous person that will be able to overlook the faults, the mistakes, the slip-ups, the mishaps of their brother or of their fellow Muslim. And there is a hadith 
that is narrated in the collection of Abu Dawood that states, Innaka in ittaba'ta atharat al-Muslimin afsadtahum o kitta in tufsiduhum. Indeed, that if you literally follow the slips of the Muslims, in other words, is that if you that find fault with them as a result of their slips, or that's what you focus on, is their mishaps and their mistakes, afsadtahum, is that you will that destroy them and ruin them. You will ruin them or you will be close to ruining them. And that it's very important in a community especially is that when people do fall short, if everyone focuses on the mishap or the mistake, it makes it seem bigger than it really is, is that it prevents the person from rectifying that mistake and it prevents them from bettering their own selves. Whereas if everyone would overlook it, it's much easier for that person to rectify their own self. And that this word, أفسدتهم, which we translated as ruin them, is that you will that deal with them in such a way that you will cause them to be in a bad state, in a state of corruption, as a result of how you interacted with them. But again, this is the in ittabata. That here, that tabi'a is to follow, but it's to that overly regard something that happened. Whereas futuwa is understanding what needs to be addressed and what doesn't need to be addressed. And there are certain things that do need to be addressed, but knowing what needs to be addressed and knowing what needs to be overlooked, this is that from futuwa and wisdom and knowing what to put where, and what to do, at what time. And that when we that understand this, is that we understand that our Prophet wasallam is that he wants the hearts of the believers to come together. And that there is no way for the hearts of the believers to come together if our hearts are not in the right spot. Is that if we don't have good hearts that are vast enough to encompass those that are around us, is that it's better than that we just live on our own and avoid people. Our Prophet taught us to that have hearts that encompass people. And there is no heart that was as encompassing as that heart of his, sallallahu alayhi wa Sheikh Omar was mentioning to us examples where there were prophets that asked for certain things and then there were times where Allah Ta'ala gave the Prophet without asking. And another one of those examples in relation to his expanded heart in a verse of the Quran that we all know, but think about the implications of it. Allah says about the Prophet, Alam Nashrah Laka Sadrak. Have we not expanded your heart? And even though it's in the form of a question, it's not a true question because the answer is obvious. It's in the form of the question so that. The Prophet ﷺ can know the greatness of the bounty of Allah Ta'ala upon him and thus show his gratitude to his Lord and so that rhetorically that the Ummah can understand the great blessing of Allah Ta'ala upon our Prophet. Have we not expanded your heart? Think about the expansiveness of the heart of our Prophet ﷺ to the extent that every single believer that died saying La ilaha illallah, he will not be content until all of them enter into paradise. Is that his heart is expansive as it could possibly be, 
in Sidi Abdul Aziz the Bagh says is that the black spot that was taken out of the heart of our Prophet was nothing other than the portion of mercy that the Prophet would have had for shaitan were it to have remained in his heart and it's not befitting for Sayyidina Muhammad to have mercy in his heart for shaitan. In other words, is that it had to be removed because you can't have mercy for shaitan. Allah had to remove via the angel that the, the, what would have remained for mercy in the heart of the Prophet ﷺ for shaitan even. And that is not befitting. That had to be removed. And then his heart was prepared ﷺ, on multiple occasions. And some of them say it happened up to four different times where the Prophet's heart was split. ﷺ, his chest was split and his heart was washed. And that at various occasions, so to prepare him for great things that Allah Jalla Jalalu wanted to give to him. And so this is how we should be <clears throat> with believers and with our friends. We should not be people that find fault with them. We should in fact try to cover their faults and to bring out the best that is in them. I asked one of my teachers one time about when you're before the great inheritors of the Prophet and that you know have inner sight and they know that they see in you certain things that la illa that you wish that you could hide from them to the extent that sometimes you don't even want to be in their presence because you're afraid that they're going to notice something that is in you. And this teacher of mine said to me, he said, Yahya, the awliya are not like pigs. They don't go to a particular place and find garbage and that refuse and bad things. He said they are like bees. Is that they go in and they bring out the very best that is in someone while they cover everything else up. And this is what they do. Is that they help you to have tahalli. And the more that you adorn yourself with beauty and with good, the more that naturally is that your faults will be covered by the virtue of that beauty showing, and this is the way even with physical beauty, is that the more that your physical beauty is there, the more that other things about yourself that need to be covered will also that fade in light of that physical beauty. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us to be people of futuwa and to bless us in these nights and in these days. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us to roll up our sleeves and be ready to do the work that we know that we need to do so that we can forever experience the bliss of the meanings of the remembrance of Allah wa ta'ala, finding pleasure in it, the remembrance of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If we live and we follow, that we live by and follow the example of our teachers, is that the door will be opened up for us to be able to experience, even if it's only a small portion of what it is that they experienced, and that we will live a true life, whereby which is that when it comes time for us to leave this world, and our soul to be taken, we'll be ready to go, because we will realize is that what Allah has in store for the believers is much greater. And that the next world is greater for you, then is better than this world that it is better and it is more everlasting. We realize that it is greater and then we will be ready to transition and to be able to receive that, that which is in the presence of our Lord. Nuzulim min ghafuran rahim to be able to receive what Allah Ta'ala the all-forgiving and the merciful has in store for the believers. May Allah Ta'ala bless it to be from them to Paris to be able to receive Allah Ta'ala's bounty in this world and the next.